There's been a sudden increase in excitement over the last few hours here in the orbital. There's a cabinet marked Atrus 5060, in case a fire from Thargoids break glass. Where some wag had blanked out the GNL in glass, of course. And it stands empty, apart from a few shards of crystal and a well-thumbed novel. People are running around handing out pieces of paper with the word Awooga printed on it because our siren's broken. A few pilots are crouched on the floor crying, How can I run away? I don't get my legs until next week! There really hasn't been this much excitement outside Studio 5 since the big crash when someone tried really, really hard to land an Aconda on Pad 3, nor so many screams since Brown Sunday. The reduction in lockdown seems to have been taken very seriously by Tharg the Mighty, and there will be consequences, we're sure. But here in Studio 5, we keep a stiff upper lip. In Wang Kerr's case, that's because he's got a hairy caterpillar glued to it. But for the rest of us, it's just good old-fashioned Botox. Vantian is once again absent this week, as he's doing something with a parallel universe or, or galaxy or some such. I really wasn't listening. Still, he has sent us this heartfelt message. Our mics are live. Good evening, everyone. Or, if you're listening to the podcast, how are you enjoying life under our new insect overlords? With me in the studio this evening, hiding under their desks, we have... I'm Wilma Fingerdy, and I've never said a bad word about those lovely Thargoids. I'm Mia Harkness, and I'd like to apologise to the Thargoids if I've ever accidentally blown one or two up. Which I haven't, so it's fine. But anyway. I'm Juan Kerr. And I wish I'd gone exploring with Commander Chicks. I'm Norma Snuckers, and if any of those eight tangled menaces come near me, they'll know what'll happen. If you're happy and you know it, don't buy a clipper. Don't worry, Naughty. Size isn't everything. If that's Mr. Dusty. I'm a-getting out of here. Twilight Bar Barkers to the rescue. Atrus 5060 is back, and he's got a little list. Faction distraction, inaction reaction. I'm reading this as part of my community service. Happy Moon Monkey knows what it is to be happy. Very happy. And sad. Also sad. So very, very sad. Recently, this commander has shown what it's like to come into money. Stop, stop that sniggering. You know what I mean. And to lose money hand over fist. Ugh, yes, I said fist. What are you, five? Look, Happy Moon Monkey doesn't know we're talking about him because he's currently over 8,000 light years from Sol and getting further away every minute. So we're telling this tale so that you'll know to treat him gently when he returns. Last week, Happy Moon Monkey was just pleasantly happy. 
Not ecstatic, just your normal, everyday kind of happy. Then the roller coaster started. Coming to Hutton to bring some scrap and doggy treats for Alvin, Happy Moon Monkey was distracted. He says it was by a squirrel, but we find that it's as unlikely as the tails of a collar that allows a dog to speak. After all, Snow knows perfectly well what Alvin requires, without a word of English issuing from our leader's snout. Um, FYI, it's food. Anyway, sorry, we seem to have drifted a bit there. Yes, Happy Moon Monkey was distracted, and so proceeded to use his ship's emergency braking system, which involves hitting the general area of Pad 3 at speed, wincing, going, oh shit, watching the ship bounce back a little, and then staring intently at the shield generator, going, please, 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 as it heads towards zero. We could have run our main reactor with the embarrassed heat that came from Happy Moon Monkey's face that day, and he took off as soon as he could with a muffled, sorry, I'll pay for the damages, gotta go by. He was gone. So you remember tales of disgraced sons of the gentry leaving and joining the French Foreign Legion where no one knew your name? No, neither do we. But Happy Moon Monkey did the equivalent by throwing himself into a CG with more skill than he threw himself at Hutton and ended up earning five billion credits. There are maxims about fools, money and the brief time that they occupy the same vicinity. And this was proven once again as the ship salesmen of the galaxy rubbed their hands in anticipatory glee and promised our lad that this ship would jump further than a fleet carrier and that this ship would bring down Tharg the Mighty himself. And of course, all of them have more cup holders than could be required at a galactic tea drinkers convention. Drunk on success, the endorphins generated by buying many, many ships, plus the complimentary sparkling drinks of dubious origin, with which he'd been plied, Happy Moon Monkey took his shiny gold-plated Corvette out for a spin. And a rebuy. And a spin. And a rebuy. And after the third time that this happened, he immediately realised that he wasn't ready for the Corvette. He was like a noob who tried to dogfight with the anaconda he's earned from his first afternoon's mining profits. Severely chastened and metaphorically emulating the guy walking home from the casino, still wearing his black tie outfit, um, the tie itself undone and hanging loose, a half-finished bottle of champagne held loosely in one hand, Happy Moon Monkey decided that he'd had enough of people for the moment. So he switched from his formal wear to an explorer's outfit which we understand maybe t-shirt and pants, trousers optional. And in two days, he's gone more than 8,000 light years. Whilst his notoriety, um, not the kind that the Pilots' Federation cares about, but the far more important social notoriety, dies down. So please remember to be kind when you see Happy Moon Monkey next. His tail could so easily be yours. He sent a message to say that he'll be back to the bubble soon, but he might swing by the centre of the galaxy first. So many icy bodies to scan. Major General Noctavagus has been publishing photographs of what appear to be bonsai drinking vessels, but keeping their purpose close to his beribboned chest for the moment. Maybe the Major is preparing to fill his gut his Farragut, which we've mentioned here once or twice, is, as you'll recall, 
not exactly enormous. If you took a video of someone standing on a planet looking up at as Noctis Farragut flew by, majestically overhead, to be frank, you need the reactions of a fruit fly, 5 milliseconds in case you're interested in expanding your knowledge, to be able to stop the tape in time to see the ship actually appear in shot. Never one to let life's vicissitudes get him down, which explains the mirrors that still exist in the Major's quarters, maybe Nocti has decided that he's going to find a crew that'll fit. Of course, he's thinking ahead. Maybe that the Hanky cloning program can be adapted to make teeny tiny pilots. Maybe he can train termites to wear the correct uniform. But one thing he does know, whatever the origin of, of his miniature spacefarers, they will need mugs. We think that his crew will probably be swept from the most wretched hive of scum and villainy in the galaxy though, as we can see that some of his mugs are obviously designed to be chained to the furniture to prevent theft. Well, we'll be keep keeping our eyes on Nocti and we'll keep you up to date for any news from that quarter, or 16th in this case. We thought that it was a coincidence that Commander Chicks was covering Van Marn and Star during the same week that glitches started appearing in the Matrix. Yes, our reality was tested this week, and even though I took the blue pill, things looked decidedly odd, as if my brain had a little less blood to work with than usual. We came very close, dear listeners and watchers, to the end of days, a catastrophe that makes the loss of the Tower of London Ravens a thing of naught. If the dinosaurs had known what that increasingly bright light was in the sky in their last moments on Earth, they would not have known fear as great as that which swept around the orbital today. Mr Dusty, that artificially intelligent appliance, that Thane Bane, the sucker more feared than a dredger's more close quotas, had infiltrated the home of everyone's favourite pilot, Flossie herself. I'm Mr. Dusty. Give me your trash. <laughs> Thank you. In Flossie's connected home, the Mr. Dusty virus could and did wreak havoc. Doors locked and unlocked, the toilet flushed whenever Wrongway spoke the word parking, and the smart display was set permanently to play loops of salt-laden galaxy commentators. Worst of all, the virus had disrupted communications and Flossie was forced to cry for help via a very poor data connection, made by making Wrongway stand on the roof, facing Hutton with an unfolded coat hanger in his teeth and a 5mm plug of his jacksie, and even then she could only transmit in black and white. In the hours that led up to our broadcast tonight, the remaining presenters have been huddled round a battery-operated Ouija board trying to keep Flossie's spirits up, all dreading the possible outcome. For it is said in ancient texts, such as Woman's Weekly, that if Flossie is not present at the recording of the Hutton Orbital Radio News, the universe's creator will realise that her plan has been completed and that there is no point in keeping it going any further, at which point the universe as we know it will be neatly folded away. You, you do know it's a myth about women and maps, don't you? Apart from needing to turn around to read it, of course. And whatever comes next as a hobby for the supreme being, such as bell ringing, will commence. This is, of course, known as the Big Clang Theory. 
Commanders Thrawiel, Lirillei, Nemb or NEMB and Infinite Dreamer riding high on the mention in last week's show plus a fresh supply of rum have been out doing good for Hutton this week. 330 million worth of wing mining expansion mission for Hutton in Epsilon Indy to be exact. On Sunday, the ragtag crew took on missions that Infinite Dreamer had stacked up during the previous week. Missions that required commodities that could be bought instead of actually mined, and paid up to 50 million. The wing was formed consisting of Infinite Dreamer in a cutter, NEMB in a T9, Lavalet in a T6 and Thorwian in her brand new python named Evergreen presumably as a tribute to her skills at getting wedged in the torch track. Their efforts helped Hutton and Thorian Livali became allied with Hutton and also a lot richer. Despite the obstacles placed in their way by the galaxy, they performed like true truckers and did it for the mug. Good evening, truckers. HS5060 here, and I'm afraid I have terrible news to deliver once again. The Thargoids have returned in force, and good lord do they seem angry. The sneaky buggers have launched attacks across the outer reaches of human space, lovely, showing that our expansion into the nebulas surrounding the bubble is still not welcomed. <sighs> Incursions are present in the for oh, it's a list. Oh, in the following systems. <sighs> Uh, HIP 18390, uh, Celiano, Atlas, HR 1183, Delphi, Pleiades Sector HRW D174. They don't write numbers like that anymore. Musca Dark Region PJP B6 1. That's dash 1. Coal Sack Sector VUO, sorry, VU O B6 6. HIP, we've had one of these. HIP 62154. HIP, 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 hooray! 18390. And the unforgettable, what's the name? Coal Sack Sector KN S. B4-9. Ooh, I took a holiday to Colsac Sector KN-SB4-9 once before humanity had settled it. I thought it was a great system with lots of interesting rocks on a few planets. The wife thought it was absolute rubbish, but I digress. Massive Thargoid presence has been detected in all these systems and Hacks Wing is needed once more to help repel the bugs. If shooting Thargoids isn't your preferred method of helping, there are plenty of damage stations in those systems that need evacuating. Ooh, that reminds me, I must go. After the incursions have ended, repairs will also be needed at the damage stations. So there's plenty to do, truckers. <laughs> there are several interesting aspects of this latest attack. For the first time, 
A system in the California nebula has been attacked, which previously had been left alone by the Thargoids. Oh, going to California must be a holiday. I don't know. In addition to that, the mysterious figure Salvation, who you may recall from the Gownet article surrounding the discovery of the Hesperus, has released a message. Canon boffins, because they're so clever, were quick to decode it after sobering up from their binging of gin and biscuits during the period of peace. Mm. Gin. Mm. It read, React, react, react. That's all ages ever do. We need a solution. Now, several theories are emerging around who salvation could possibly be. But it is clear that this person, or persons, being correct, is clearly well informed and has access to top secret information. Stay alert, truckers, because we still don't have any clear cut information on who salvation is or whether they really mean to help us. Good luck out there before the mug. Incoming encrypted transmission. Decrypting. Decryption complete. Stand by for a message from Hexcom Actual. Commander Took? Hello? You there? Yes, Corporal, I'm here. I'm out in Lumen 16. Lale has me out here hunting down pirates. Apparently they've been using this galaxy forsaken system as a base to attack hut and commerce. I'm so glad we got rid of this system. Um, sir, sorry, but... There's an Aegis alert. New attacks by Tharg, and it looks pretty big. How big, Riley? T ten systems so far, sir. They've hit the Pleiades, the, the Colsac Nebula, heck, even the California Nebula has an attack. Tharg isn't playing around, is he? Okay, Riley, get the alert system ready and set it to relay from this channel. Oh, I've already done that, sir. It's all fired up and ready to go. Wait, you've already turned it on? It's already transmitting. Yes, sir. Took care of that just before I called you. Riley, you know that automatically relays to Studio 5, right? And that the radio team immediately rebroadcasts it in full without editing. Well, well yes, sir. Of course they do, sir. Oh. <sighs> okay, Hackswing, this is not a drill. Tharg has come back and hit us hard. Looks like Aegis dropped the ball as usual. No eagle eye warnings, no incursions, just an all-out attack. Our initial goal will be to drive Tharg back in the Pleiades to help Operation Ida be ready for station repairs. We'll make our initial stand in the Silano system followed by the Atlas system. It's been a while, so here's a refresher for you. You can hunt goids by looking for non-human signal sources. Threats 3 and 4 will be scouts only, and you can take them on with basic AX auto cannons. Higher threat levels will be larger number of scouts, interceptors, or both. To fight the interceptors, you'll want guardian-based weapons, especially if you're taking them on alone. Then there are the AX Conflict Zones. AXCZs will usually start out with waves of scouts, then you'll probably have some Cyclops Interceptors, and then sometimes you'll have one of the really big boy goids. 
you're best off working with a wing of commanders to clear out an AXCZ. If you want to help, but you're not an AX combat pilot, the burning stations in the attack systems need evac ships to remove civilians and non-essential personnel. Remember that Tharg tends to lose interest in a system if most of the people in an attack station have been removed. Guess once the sardine tin is empty, it's not many more use to him. And once the fires are out, Operation Ida is going to need help hauling repair supplies. There's something for everyone to do in this fight, Commanders. Good luck out there, truckers. Watch your six, keep your eyes on the signal sources, and defend the mug. Hexcom message complete. Defend the mug. And encrypted transmission. No Odyssey distractions this week, you all seem to have been distracted by the other distractions, which I'll get to in a moment. Four systems are below 40% this week. The perennial underachiever Barnard Star is enjoying a cigarette as its post-election euphoria subsides, but an election that Hutton won convincingly against 10th Fleet taking control of Cutner's Pride, a surface starboard, so well done to the numerous truckers that took part. Last week, Epsilon Eridani was suffering from an outbreak of space lurgy, and still is. Come on guys, sort it out, book a landing pad appointment and ship in some meds. Last week's laggards, Wolf1481 and PSPF-LF2, have recovered somewhat, but pirates have managed to get a foothold in the system that almost rhymes with mishaps. So get in there and show Commander Jack Sparrow who runs things around here. Briefly, they showed up during the week in LHS 340 and were shown the door. The revolving door. Don't let it hit you in the Uranus on the way out. The regular infrastructure failure in WISE 0855-0714 was resolved and given the dodgy replacement components installed will fail again in approximately 47 days, 16 hours and 25 minutes, give or take according to dodgy Ron in the maintenance office, which is 10 minutes after he goes off shifts and as we know callouts are paid at double time. It's funny how their tea and coffee machine never breaks down. Hmm. I'm not certain if you're all taking leaf out of Flossie's book and have all suddenly shunned combat, but we lost the war in Hutton's recent expansion into Wolf 437 by four days to none. Sorry, to one. At the top end of the Hutton Systems League, seven systems are above 60%, with three above 70, and will no doubt expand somewhere soon. Oh, it's all so predictable. Meanwhile, Archduke Hanky, he of the fastest fleet carrier in the Western Orion Arm, reports that Colonia is down a little, but all is well on schedule and lickety split. But ask that passengers ring the bell only once and well before their stop. We still need to leave Hotel Carson and Ari, where complaints have been received about commanders not emerging from their rooms for meals, as if they have temporarily lost the use of their legs priorities this week are if you want to truck something relieve the outbreak in Epsilon Eridani if you want to shoot something clear the pirates out of PSPF-LF2 and we still need to exit Carson and Ari so help any of the factions there except Hutton 
Time now to keep you up to date with events organised and led by the community. Eris Maidlung, champion of the hurry up and wait mythology, has decided to wait. Wait for walking about permits to be issued before making the trip back to the bubble to allow his passengers to make some first footfall claims before they come back to top up on essential supplies like spacesuits. So if you rushed back to the FTM Isfahan last week, eager to get back to the bubble, the unexpected news is that you've got another week to look around the Fleet Carriers gift shop for a last minute, or to be precise, last 10,080 minutes, gift for your loved ones. After all, what says I love you and I missed you, more than the present with the witty message, I voted to send the Isfahan back into the black and all that I got was this lousy t-shirt. Commander Mephisto has sent us a very tired carrier pigeon with an update of his ex- expedition. Over the ninth week of the Comfy Cannon cruise, the Conchu jumped over 35,000 light years from the eastern reaches of the Milky Way towards Colonia to rendezvous with the fleet carrier Angel Share. This vessel was generously sent from the bubble by Commander Illyrium, who spent over one and a half billion credits employing the tritium depot to fill it up to the brim with tritium. In a swift operation, passengers moved the stuff over to the refuel conchu, thanking the donor for having saved them from hours of mining. Today the cruise resumed course and is expected to have made the, the last over 13,000 light years to Asura shortly after this radio show. After a few weeks in the colonial bubble, the Consul will venture out again to explore the galactic centre. Details at bit.ly slash comfy cannon cruise. It's CQC Saturday in a few days, organised by Commander Shoreside Customs and open to all platforms. Come out for our monthly CQC events. This is great practice for people with no combat experience as there is no rebuy. This event will take place at 1600 EST, which is 2100 UK time. Details on our Facebook events page, uh, which is being linked in the chat. In a move that should surprise no one, the Elite Racers have had a ship race this weekend. It's on Sunday, May the 16th, 1800 UTC, in game time, at Barrett Hub, Lalandi 22701. Practice laps are encouraged, and if you want to get involved, details are at the Elite Racers Elite Dangerous Racing Club Discord, in the announcements channel. Now, some reminders of upcoming events that we've covered in detail before. First, on May the 22nd at 2100 BST, that's 2100 UTC, Commander Venetia has organised what he's calling the Texas Lake on Massacre, and he describes it thus. In honour of all that Buck Naked has done on the radio show for the Hutton Truckers and his love of Lake on Spaceways, We'll be using a T7 to mine and act as bait for pirates in a Hazres in Wolf 1481. The T7 will be escorted by two small ships and a medium ship of your choosing. 
The goal is to defend the T7 while it mines and racks up some bounties with the escort ships. Details are on our Facebook events page, which is again being linked in the chat. The Deep Space Network set off on June the 4th for the Artemis Biology sets off on this June I'll start that again. The Deep Space Network sets off on June the 4th for the Artemis Biological Survey 2 to travel around the inner Orion Spur to explore the stellar systems in search of new biological features and exceptional geological formations in partnership with Vista Genomics. They return July the 11th and details including their Discord being operated jointly in English and in French can be found at bit.ly slash Artemis Survey 2. And don't forget the July the 14th hanky party celebrating his 6th fleet carrier schedule on our Facebook events page. Again we'll put uh, the link is posted in the chat. And that's all we have for community-led events. Think we missed one? Then let us know about it and we'll include it in a future show. Seamless. Well, talk about mm-hmm. Seamless. Yes. Yes. It was a good seamless. start. Yes. It was a well, good we start, and it get better from there on. Yes. Now, it was that idiot at the beginning made it all wrong. Yes. Hello, everybody. How are we Hello. doing? Hello. Hello. Seamless. Yes. Yes. Very seamless. Good. Um, welcome, everybody, after all that lovely, lovely news. Uh, and this is the bit where we do the chatty bit. Yes. Mm. Yay. Well, I'm chatty. Hooray. Yes. Mm. Oh, uh, let's get the serious bit. Uh, out the way. We um, don't do serious bits. We don't do attempts at humour. Wait a minute, this is We do serious? Shut up. All right. No, you shut them <laughs> up. Up. Yeah, oh, thank shut you. Them up. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, Ow. right, okay. Hello, everyone. The, I want a bleepy button. Oh. I, I want a bleepy button. I need How a bleepy I? button. <laughs> I want a fucking bleepy button. <laughs> that. Yeah, right. I want that. <laughs> okay, want the that. EDMC, the Elite Market Data, EDM, Elite Dangerous elite Market Dangerous Connector. Market Connector, market yes. Connector. yes. You, you almost yes. got it right first time. Yeah, yeah. the, the like YMCA, the different. EDICI Muck or something. There's been an upgrade to it. Is that the Scottish version of Elite Dangerous? Much of the Yes. And uh, you'll find that when you load it, it will auto um, upgrade to 5.00. But then Hutton Helper goes, ah, and doesn't work properly. But we have, thanks to lots of people working very hard through the night, uh, got an update for it. You need to go to the Hutton Helper. And um best thing to do is uh, delete um, the uh, plugins folder and re download and get it. And it's version for the full one, it's 2.0. 2.12, or if you've gone for the light or the litty version, as it says mm. on the page, uh, L1.0.6, and that should work. And that the default folder for that is uh, C users, your name, app data, local ED market connector, plugins, Hutton helper. Mm. See, that's 
That's easily remembered, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So easy. She uses yeah. you update a local and you, EDMC you can see it when, if, you load, if you load EDMC, yeah. if you load EDMC, which I'm just doing here so, myself. So let me just get you, it straight. It's users, you update a local ED market connector plugins hut and helper. Yeah. Yeah. She said. And, and, and C uses you update a local ED market connector plugin <laughs> help. Which, I mean, yeah. it's easy. It's so simple. Confused. You will if be. If you load EDMC <laughs> and go to the plugins tab, you can actually see what it is. Oh, like right. that. Yeah. Would, would you find that in C users you update a local ED market connector plugin help? What I don't want is a Glaswegian sitting there saying, see you. See you. See you. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'll do my best, Russ Abbott impression for you. See you, Jimmy. Good. That's good. That's, it was yeah, like that. he was in the room, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was almost like he was up. in a room. <laughs> <laughs> Van Marnen Star. Van Marnen Star. What about what, it? What? What? The Mandy Monks. We. Well, that's. We 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 done them. We we take we. We, we handed the them their fleet. buttocks in a box. Oh, we did. The 10th fleet, yes. Yeah, the 10th what, fleet. What's this VMS election? Van Marnen Star. <laughs> the election was in Barnard. System coming up. It was in Barnard Star. Was it? I don't know. It's one star or another. We've only got, well, we've got more than 25, actually, but 25 yeah, systems. The only one we star in the name. Star. Barnards. Oh, Barnards. Oh, it's B. Leuton Star. Oh, yes, not V. Not V. Looking at that, where the dockers come I'm, from? I've missed an election, a whole election out of the BGS. Yeah, you were probably distracted by the one in Barnard stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, I'll tell. Mm. Well, no, well, that, well, that's most of the most of the rest of the script ruined. Then, <laughs> right? <laughs> how, how can you tell? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, I would spent all day on this. The script always looks like that. <laughs> well, well, obviously, one, one evening of doing missions. For Bannister, but mm. last two nights I haven't been able to do anything because I've no, I have no internet. Yeah. You could have imagined it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Go through the motions. I tried, I tried yeah. to. <laughs> That's the most powerful you did get computer. Computer. I tried to find yeah, wow. other things to do to pass the time. <laughs> oh, it's dull, you could just, you could just sit in a beanbag in the middle of the living room, wait, 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 and just sit. weave a book. She's been spending the evening talking to to Wrongway, which is why he spent, spent today holding on to the to the trousers of the engineers here. I say, fix it for the love of God, fix it, <laughs> fix it. <laughs> <laughs> fix it. I'll take me with you. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. dear. Hmm. <laughs> Whatever the name of the star is, I tell you. We did win the election, which is surprising. Mm. They must, the papers must have been sent to the wrong place. That's yeah, that's because went. that's because everybody else was campaigning in Van Manen's stuff. That's how we won it. Where all those postal votes went? Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, we'll have to recount them. I'll tell you a couple of people who have had their names put forward for being extremely truckery for saying, "Oh, we got an election in one of those star places. Let us help." Yeah. It's, if you're if you're listening, uh, commanders Jintosh. And Caveros or Caveros, you two were singled out. Somebody has put your name forward as being extremely truckery. Yeah. Uh, and Jinchos, you've uh, already got a Hutton decal, which you won for Hutton Top Trucker yep. or Sports Report. But Caveros, K A V E R O S, if you're listening, and if you're not, why not? If you're listening, 
Contact I took part at HuttonOrbital.com and you can have your very own Hutton decal for your ships and SRBs for being wow. so splendidly truckery. Cavernous, well done. Gentosh, too bad. I don't think there's a higher it's compliment a good job than I've already got one truckery. then, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, you're doing it because you have no choice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're forced to. Yep. Yeah. Forced to. Oh, yes, but yeah. it's, it's in your contract. You can't go. Yeah, it's in your contract. <laughs> you have no choice. Mm. Yeah. Right. Uh, there was a there was a, a stream this evening, wasn't there? Arthur uh, was doing yeah, something. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Arthur was uh, Arthur was on the Xbox and hunting Thargoids on Xbox. Is, is do you think that was kind of some kind of sop? Because since it's a, only a week till Odyssey, look, we haven't forgotten about Xbox. Oh, it's good that you haven't I mentioned that or anything. <laughs> You mean they they put chapter four onto Xbox already? Wow! Yeah, yeah, that's what happened, eh? Bastards! Never mind. You get a nice plug in the VMS uh, video coming up later. Oh, do we get a nice plug in the? You, you do, should yeah. Have, you should have the VMS one, not the Battle of the Star one. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. So similar. Yeah. Oh no, that's you interfere not with away. one goat. I don't know. It's not going away. Yeah. No. Shag one sheep. Suddenly, you are Harry the sheep shagger. <laughs> oh, uh, no, no. I've I've just got rid of that epithet. I don't want that coming back again. Yeah, yeah. You should I've have stayed away from them then. then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, the frontier live stream. Yeah, there was lots of flying about and laser and scouts, and then they moved on to interceptors and yeah. And Arthur's ship was a hell of a mess, but he kept going. Um, and. I I think he might have been using real guns. He was using a beam laser at the start and then something else, but he had some help for some other people who were, who were well, competent. <laughs> so, But uh, he did very well. I have to say, he did very well. I don't think he's done much Thargoid hunting before, but he did very well. I can just say, don't shoot the flower, people. Probably because he didn't have Bruce to help him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruce was the helping. <laughs> In the way that By only running Bruce him over can. shooting him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so that was the frontier yep. live stream. Um, the drops were disabled tonight because it was coming from Xbox. I, I don't know if drops work with Xbox or don't. <laughs> they'll, but they'll be they coming in six months' tonight. time. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so drop drops are back next week. I think. Dropsy will be back. Dropsy will be back next week. Yes. That's a hell of a way to talk about Bristol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I think that's a conversation. Yeah, yeah, I've killed off a conversation. Well, not, not for the first time. But of course, we're just a little bit of advance notice. Say, next week's show is the day after. <gasps> the, oh my god! The, yes, and it is our intention to try and broadcast. Oh, that, that's everybody. Ex- that's everybody except <laughs> who can't join us. Can uh, I just? Can I just get a bleep? You. <laughs> yeah. um, apart from me, yeah, the rest of us, the rest of us uh, are going to hope to broadcast live from the bar at Hutton. Uh, I'm there ready, so I will be opening the bottles the moment I can. And hopefully there will still be some left when everybody else yes. arrives. I will be there via solar-powered Ouija board, which is made from an old upturned tea tray. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like, um, was it frequent that film Frequency, where talking to someone through time through an through an old radio? Oh, That's what yeah. it'd be like. Yeah. 
Oh, yes, I remember when planets looked like that. Yes, you must be in the past, yes. <laughs> Perpetually fuzzy. <laughs> Speaking of uh, things in the past, we were feeling a little nostalgic this week. What, with the Thargoids coming out to play and everything? And we did mention Brown Sunday back in the intro, so we've had a delve into our archives. We were feeling brave after our inoculations, and we dug up this from two years ago. It's the story of Floor Mopping Guy. Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of Harry Balzac Drops In. Tonight I'm not travelling to exotic locations, telling you about the wonders of the galaxy, reviewing restaurants with a three-scoopable star rating, or even visiting one of the pleasure palaces of the Outer Rim. Apparently, the management at Hutton Orbital Radio seemed to have a different definition of reasonable expenses from mine. So this time I'm sticking close to home. Hutton Orbital. When it came to a choice of subject, I turned to my listeners. My sack has been bulging this week, and a quick rummage revealed a letter from our very own apology officer. The letter was short. It consisted of just the word... Sorry and a name, or rather a job title. My family has always been intrigued by a mystery, and this enigma tickled this Balzac. Today it is my intention to bring to you the story, nay, the epic saga that is the history behind the life of the so-called floor-mopping guy. Who is this mysterious figure? Why does he mop the corridors of Hutton Orbital with such intensity? Why did he always wear that white spandex outfit? I first met Floor Mopping Guy as he and his mop made their way toward the Hutton Orbital Radio offices. It was 2pm on a Thursday afternoon local time. The station was busy and Cecil was asleep, processing his lunch. I attempted to interrupt Floor Mopping Guy to ask him a few searching questions. He just glared at me as I introduced myself and his agitation only grew as I pumped him for information. Finally, he reverse mopped, pirouetted round me and was gone like a cat. A floor mopping cat. As he swished his way industriously across the studio, I heard... He moved towards the crew with intense sweeping motions. Sorry... Why? He's going to be in here for bloody hours now and I have to get to that coffee festival on the parade before it closes and they pack up all the freebies. The presenters let out a selection of sighs, exclamations and swear words as they lifted their feet in unison. You won't get anything from him anyway. He was here before any of us and I've never heard him say a word. Maybe Fantian will know more. I found Commander Vantian in his office, sorting his gin collection into alphabetical order. He's been here forever. Why do you think this place is always so spotless? It really should be a lot grottier than it is, and that's down to floor mopping guy. Doesn't even work here. Well, as far as I know, anyway. Does he ever rest? Well, the security bog spaniels have to find him and herd him towards the police station. Usually when he gets there, someone shoots him with a dart. Then they use a big butterfly net to restrain him until the sedative takes effect. While he's out, they feed him through a tube and clean him up. As soon as he's awake, he's off again, though. I decided to follow the man himself. 
I caught up with him at the hotbox offices on the lower rotunda. Commanders scattered before him like commuters at an unannounced ticket check. Their eyes wide and their movements frantic. Those who ended up behind him fell to the floor screaming in anguish and clawing at their eyes. The rapid side-to-side shifting of his butt cheeks in skin-tight white spandex was just too traumatic for them. The traumatised were left where they fell. There was seemingly no help for them at that point. Doors were locked and blinds drawn. Commander Rampage hammered on an office door pleading to be let in. Guys, this isn't funny. Let me in. He's here. Come on. Let me in. Come on, please. Someone relented and he was dragged inside. Floor mopping guy rounded a corner and the horror was over, just as swiftly as it began. Commanders emerged cautiously to recover their comrades and the recovery operation began. As we approached Hutton's infamous cubicle three, a change came over our friend. He slowed and mopped with reluctance. He didn't want to go there and his swish swooshing spoke volumes. Right then, something astonishing happened. The mopping stopped and he became just a guy. A guy standing in front of a small bronze plaque on the wall. From somewhere, I don't want to know where, he produced a cloth, spat on it, and wiped the plaque clean from the accumulated grime of station life. A single tear rolled down his chin and dropped to the floor with a soft splash. His head snapped down to the tiny tear puddle and his arms flicked into action again. The tear was gone and he was floor-mopping guy once again. I've passed this plaque a hundred times. Maybe a thousand. I don't have the best diet. But I've never stopped. But this time, I stepped forward and read the inscription for the first time. In memory of the victims of 9th March 3299. The day when the cubicle three storage tanks ruptured. A day which the people of Hutton Orbital will long remember as Brown Sunday. I gulped audibly. I had heard stories about Brown Sunday. As horrible as it was, I knew that this was significant. I got to a terminal and started going through old Gownet articles. The answers came fast and soon a familiar face stared out at me from one of the articles. As it turns out, floor mopping guy was the on-duty cubicle three attendant on that fateful day. When disaster struck, he was caught in the direct path of the tidal wave of jobbies, or Poonami, if you will. He was saved only by jamming his mop Charlene across the cubicle three door and hanging on for dear life. If you're ever in there, Take a moment to look up from your gownet printout and examine the inside of the doorframe. The dents are still there. After the cascade of crap had ended, our hero, because he is a hero, stayed on for the cleanup operation, working tirelessly to clear the corridors and install industrial strength magic tree air fresheners everywhere. Over time, his actions became more obsessive and manic. He ditched his standard issue uniform for the white spandex so he could move with less friction and spot the dirt more quickly. 
In the old days, he still talked and would mutter about the place being filthy. He often spoke, murmuring, wondering how could he ever get Hutton clean after the incident. But as the years went by, he no longer had time for idle chit-chat. I never did get my interview. I didn't find out his side of the story, and he's still mopping. And maybe that's for the best. Experiences like that can scar a creature, and being asked to relive them can bring back nightmares and sensory flashbacks. So next time you see Floor Mopping Guy, just take a moment. Even if your need for Cubicle 3 can be described as pretty bloody urgent, and give him a respectful nod. He's earned it. And who knows, he may reward you with a pirouette from him and Charlene. That's it for this special edition of Harry Balzac Drops In. The subject for our next edition has yet to be decided. But if my expenses claims aren't met, it'll be Harry Balzac Stays In. Well, I, for one, will be taking extra notice of that bronze plaque when I'm next in the vicinity of Cubicle 3. Just as long as it doesn't stop me from watching where I'm walking, that is. Now we go from the relative past to the immediate present. I've always said if you want a lesson in history and grammar, talk to Beedle, Jude and Wotherspoon. There's nothing that she doesn't know about mistakes that have been made and nothing that he doesn't know about the colon. Go then, Juice. Push the button. <laughs> Galnet News Digest, 13th of May, 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Delphi Research, motive for a Thargoid attack. Salvation, bad mouths Aegis. Imperator Victorious as Federation turns tail. Parallel Galaxy for Odyssey Commanders. The number of Thargoid-attacked systems has risen to 10, as Aegis speculates that its Guardian Technology Research Programme may have motivated the onslaught. In addition to the seven stations targeted this morning, Ark's Faith in HR 1183, Donar's Oak in Pleiades Sector IR-WD1-55, and the new Kumu Syndicate station Fort Zeno in HIP 62154 have been attacked. All ten systems are reported to have a massive Thargoid presence, and Aegis has appealed for anti-Zeno combat pilots to help repel the onslaught. Archon Delane has expressed his outrage at the attacks, which affected two of his new Orbis starports, and promised to teach the aliens a lesson in a language they will understand. Professor Albert Tesro believes that the recent initiative to collect Guardian technology for research into anti-Zeno weaponry and defences may have provoked the Thargoids to action. Thargoids are known to be hostile to anything of Guardian origin, so it may not be a coincidence that they attacked the starport in Delphi, where the research samples are being stored. The commanders of all ten damaged stations have put out an urgent appeal for assistance evacuating personnel to the waiting rescue ships.
the mysterious figure known as Salvation appears to criticise anti-Thorgard research and defence organisation Aegis in a tweet posted earlier today. The social media message took the form of a short video of a Thargoid interceptor with numbers superimposed. When decoded, the numbers translate to the message React, React, React. That's all that Aegis ever do. We need a solution. Salvation. Salvation is taking an active interest in the search for the scientific crew of the megaship Hesperus, who went missing 200 years ago while searching for some form of Thargoid technology. Salvation has previously declared that only science can save humanity, and there's speculation that they may be planning to invent some form of new technology to see off those infrequent but devastating blows from the Thargoids. It is true that the underfunded Aegis, now lacking any form of early warning system following the failure of the Eagle Eye network, seems able to do little other than react just a little too late to Thargoid attacks. In the fight against the Thargoids, humanity is perpetually on the back foot. Imperator Hadrian Duval has won a significant victory over attempted summary justice by a federal faction. The League of Mandu, believing Hadrian to be the mastermind behind the NMLA bombings, attempted to wipe his Nuva Imperium faction off the face of the Parisa system, only to be comprehensively repelled by the Imperator's superior forces. And the Imperator didn't spare the tub-thumping rhetoric. Speaking of honour hard-won by those who fought against the arrogance of the Federal invasion and reiterating Nova Imperium's stance that the Empire must stand separate from the lesser superpowers. But he also reiterated that Nova Imperium would continue to participate in the war against the Starport bombers. The Federal Diplomatic Corps made the best of a bad job, with Ambassador Catherine Carlyle praising the zeal of the League of Mandu in attempting to take the law into its own hands, while admitting that it had acted prematurely and without authority, and promising that it would soon depart from Parisa. And indeed, there is little reason for the Command Centre megaship Harmony's Shield to remain in the system as federal achievements in the war were insufficient to earn any bonus for those who took part. The modest Nova Imperium bounty is available for participants to collect from Dyson City. It is not clear at this stage whether the Imperial faction opposed to Nova Imperium, the Pereasi Imperial Consulate, might try to topple Imperator Hadrian. For now, peace has returned to Parisa. Commanders who use the PC flight control system and who've paid for their odyssey walking about on planets permit will find themselves in a parallel galaxy when the first permits are released on Wednesday the 19th. Colours will be more vibrant, atmospheres will be more shiny, menus will be more confusingly icon-based, planets will be more landable and feet will be more walkabout-onable. But they won't get to see this wonderful new galaxy and also see PC commanders who haven't applied for a permit. At least, until the latter part of the year. When users of the Xbox and PS flight control systems are granted access to Odyssey, 
everyone will be transferred to the shiny new galaxy, whether or not they've bought their Odyssey permit. And Odyssey PC commanders will once again be able to see commanders who don't have the permit. Of course, even then, only commanders with the Odyssey permit will be able to land on planets with atmospheres, and only commanders with the Odyssey permit will be able to disembark and walk around on foot. Between the start of Odyssey and the grand reunification towards the end of the year, PC Odyssey commanders have the option to forgo the beauty of the new galaxy and flip back to the old one, using a transdimensional warp function known as the Launcher. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. Thank you, Commanders Betelgeud and Wotherspoon. That's the second best product of digestion that I've encountered this week. And the other one is none of your business. Anyway, it's time for Commander Chicks to carry on exploring Hutton's crevices as he gives us this week's encounter from the A to Z of Hutton Space. In this episode of the A to Z of Hutton Space, we look into the small but unique system of Van Marlen Star. When viewed from Sol, it lies in the constellation Pisces and sits just below the fourth brightest star, Delta Piscium, just above the ecliptic. Catalogued by Dutch-American astronomer Adrian van Marnen in 1917, it was named van Marnen's star by yet another Dutch-American astronomer, Willem Jacob Leuten, of whom we heard last week. Lying about 14 light-years from Sol, it is the closest solitary white dwarf, the two closer white dwarfs, Sirius B and Procyon, each having companion stars. A remnant of a star originally about 2.6 times the mass of Sol, astonishingly it is now only 1% the size of Sol and retains only two-thirds of Sol's mass. Orbited by one rocky and nine icy worlds, all but the ninth body are landable and a wide variety of surface materials can be gathered by surface prospecting, but expect to do it in the dark. In addition to the unique nature of its star, VMS, as we shall now refer to it, is currently the only system in Hutton's space that requires a permit. Oddly, whilst Hutton control the system, the permits are issued by the sublime order of Van Marnen's star, known in Hutton circles as the Mad Monks of Van Marnen. In 2480, the system was originally given to the Guardians of the Free Spirit religious sect by the Federation. They believed in maximum hardship and lived underground on several of the inner planets of the system. It is forbidden by federal law to enter the system without the permission of the Guardians or their successors, and it is assumed that over time this sect became the sublime order that we know today. The Mad Monks are also present in another Hutton control system, Epsilon Eridani, where unexpectedly they recently staked an unsuccessful rebellion after a particularly heavy session on their famous tonic wine and after inhaling a bit too much herbal incense. 
The population of 7.2 million is supported by a service economy, which means in addition to men with dirty habits, it is full of bureaucrats, accountants and middle managers, and so really only has hydrogen fuel and bio-waste for sale. Two stations serve the system, O'Connor City, a Coriolis station with a landscaped interior, orbits the first planet, Major, and Thurston Gateway, the bafflingly remote outpost, over a hundred thousand light seconds out. Commanders can also trade at two surface starports, Jury Terminal Major, the only named body, and Beas Survey on the tenth planet. One aspect of life in the 34th century that we pretty much have come to take for granted has been artificial intelligence, but it hasn't always been without its glitches. From HAL 9000 to ASH to Maximilian to Shodan and Clippy, mm -hmm. Siri, Cortana, that unfortunate incident where Alexa crashed the Brazilian power grid instead of opening my emails and don't get me started on Skynet. Of course, I'm talking about none other than that insidious AI trash gobbler, Mr. Dusty. I'm Mr. Dusty. Give me your trash. Who eagerly murdered Dr. Linsky as he was innocently deadheading his dahlias. A notable follow-up incident occurred in VMS in early 3303 when intrepid Hutton radio reporter Rex Bottoms was tipped off about a dark hidden secret entombed in the bowels of O'Connor's the system's principal station and foolishly decided to investigate. In the circumstances, given Mr Dusty's vacuous appetite, you could say that he was Dyson with death. Being one of the earlier systems to come under Hutton control, VMS has seen much Hutton history. Due to the continual glitches in the Pilots' Federation matrix causing endless wars in other systems and breaking several of the BGS crew in the process, the honour largely went to the opposable thumbs wing of Hutton, the Hotboxers. Hotbox is now the official Hutton custodian of VMS, safe behind the Pilots' Federation mandate, introduced shortly afterwards, that no permit lock system shall be expanded into. What I want to know is whether the monks were mad before chicks went and disturbed them. Anyway, time now, once again, for the in-depth probing of what people need to do. Told to us in a lovely way by the lovely Flossie with the CG News. When the universe is in trouble, bug infestations in the bubble, your home stations burn rubble. What on earth can we do now? Interstellar initiatives Let Flossie tell you what it is Then you can get involved with this You should listen to what Flossie says Interstellar initiatives Flossie tells us what she thinks it is Then you can get involved with this Now you should Listen to what Lassie says. Well, after that big um this is Flossie here with this week's CG News. Last week's CGs ended in triumph for the Nova Imperiums, who finished at Tier 1. 
<laughs> um, and, well, there are naughty Gs this week. Sorry. Oh. I think FD may be busy with something. I don't know what. However, it looks like the Thargoids are back and have attacked some stations, so there will be some passengers to rescue. And that's it for this week's CG News. Flossie told you what to do. Well, thank you, Flossie. Glad I took notes with that one. The Apology Officer is back with us, live, and I'm assured that grey pore on her skin is just the result of a lack of vitamin D, not actually death. So I'll hand over to Mia Hartness for the Hutton Sports Report. How dare you, that took me a week in the sun to get that colour. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the Hutton Sports Report. The Hutton Sports Report is sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a free book of Twitch drop discount vouchers, including 15% off a 90-minute drop. This week we had the following events. The free buttock tattoo if you watch for five minutes, special. The free bobblehead bobblehead if you watch for ten minutes, cup. The free monocle for your Hollow Me if you watch for 15 minutes, special award. The free packet of holographic Jaffa Cakes if you watch for 20 minutes, tournament of tournaments tournament. The free gonk bobblehead if you watch for 25 minutes, open second round. And the free fart in a bottle if you watch for 30 minutes, challenge. So, comfy cheers for the win, snacks count is double, and watching something else while you have the steam open will get you disqualified. The classified results are... Marcus Xavier, 54. Zebedian, 34. Thurgills, 50. Baron von Marlon, 36. Marco 2612, it's me! 678. Jintosh, 368. Point five. Aiden, 480. Mezer Curin, 148. Shattermage, 873. Iron Beagle, 168. Montgomery Python, 798. Cadargo, 590. Stenhouse Violet, 2. Pope Glasgow Athletic, 3. Glenbuck Cherry Pickers, 1. Cronberry Eglinton, 3. Hackle Caledonian Thistle, 2. Hazel Hazelonians, 2. Sparta Stein 2051, 1. Rapido Tau Seti, 2. And decals this week for Marcus Xavier. Please email itookpart at huttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your hut decal kit, which this week consists of extended versions of all three Lord of the Rings films, which you have to watch before we tell you where the template and paint are. Five hut and runs this week. The fastest of those is by Commander Palantir at 1 hour, 24 minutes and 24 seconds, which puts him in 154th place overall. The slowest this week was by me. I got distracted by Psycho Cow's pub quiz and overshot by 0.13 light years. 
Anyway, my time was 2 hours, 49 minutes and 31 seconds, which puts me in 568th place overall. So, moving on. Are you bored? Is your ass making buttons waiting for Odyssey coming out for real? Have you been getting nostalgic for those meetings in the bar where you and your friends played Cushion Jenga and Peter the Sleeper? Don't sit around pining. Learn to love your flight chair again. Ah, the curry stain. Well, you tell people it's a curry stain anyway. Your bum groove in the chair is just where you remember it. The smell of stewed tea still warm in your hunting mug and those streaks which show up in the canopy every time starlight shines through it. So, pack up your legs, store away your probinators and get back to doing things the old way. How, you ask? Well, I'll tell you how. Just go to hot.fothermug.com and download or sign up for the Hutton Helper before going out there and doing whatever space shiz it is that you do. Let's face it, anything has to be better than standing around looking at your space wardrobe wondering which twitch drop purple flight suit you're going to wear today. So, that's it for me. Back to Studio 5. Thank you, Mia, and well done, Marcus Xavier. Now, keen listeners, um, what's the sound equivalent of eagle-eyed? Um, bat-eared? Anyway, you may have noticed that I'm reading my own introduction this week. Well, this is because our usual scriptwriter has legged it. Up to their belt area with work, getting ready for next week's launch of um, something or other. And so we've decided that we'll remind you of one of the very first Galnet food digests, now with added flashy graphics. This was put on our YouTube channel a few weeks ago, but in case you've seen it, hopefully it'll bear re-watching. I'm going to put my feet up and listen to myself narrating to the story behind the Mokujin Beast Feast. we bring you the latest riveting information from Galnet, our new weekly feature, the Galnet Food Digest. We try everything, so you don't have to. I'm Amelia Hawke, and tonight we're going to be looking at another one of the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous cooking ingredients, the Mokujing Beast Feast. Looking at the crate the Beast Feast is delivered in, we're in for quite a banquet. The first hint for the contents is the colourful packaging in orange and black stripes emblazoned with the words, warning, they're great. Eat them before they eat you. And a picture of a rather vicious looking tiger. You have to look carefully though, as he's well camouflaged. Advertised as the galaxy's most dangerous cereal, this is about as far away as you can get from being made from toasted flakes or puffed rice. Unless the flakes have really big teeth and the rice has a habit of dismembering you with each mouthful. Whatever possessed the designers of this cross between a bar snack, tapas serving and meat fortified breakfast snack to use the ingredients they did boggles the mind. But the outcome is said to be one of the most exciting meat sweat inducing feasts in the galaxy. If you want to eat your way to the top of the food chain, then this 
is the food for you. Nolly Terminal in Mokujing occupies a system with both an Earth-like planet and a water world. And it was here that early settlers discovered that they shared their new living space with a range of creatures that appeared to want nothing more than to use them as a little bit of snack every now and again. A little bit like Australia. With an abundance of prey creatures on the lush planets, the megafauna of the bitey and eaty variety have developed specializations in a biological arms race that have left them feared as some of the galaxy's most dangerous wildlife. Whether it's the Mokujing drop bear and its uncanny ability to unscrew the top of your head while snacking on one of your ears, to the toothsome flying Megadonto duck, which not only steals the bread from your hand, but takes everything up to your bicep with it. It is said that the reptile life on the planet makes Jurassic Park look like a trip to the local petting zoo. And deep sea fishing is one of the most dangerous professions there is. You do it with a fusion-powered submarine and high-yield warheads. And even then, the many-tentacled Mokujing Kraken will probably just laugh before dragging you to Davy Jones' locker. As humanity does when faced with adversity of this sort, their first thought was, can I eat it? It turns out that you can. And unlike planet Earth, where predators make very poor eating indeed, most people preferring grass-fed, free-range, lab-grown burgers, the fauna on Mokujin is actually quite tasty. If you like the Ucheng chili flavored pork scratchings, or those dodgy late-night kebabs that they sell outside the nightclubs in O'Connor in Van Manen Star, usually after a bottle or three of your tonic wine made by the Mad Monks, then this is just the food for you. The ingredients on the box state that the feast is reinforced with 223 confirmed man-eating species. Too many to name here. But we're reassured that the vicious divorce cougar, giant 60-foot tooth tapeworm, it eats your intestines but from the outside in instead of the inside out. And of course, that old favorite, the mock panda, are all included. As for the taste, it's meaty, very meaty. The umami flavors are strong, but it leaves anyone snacking on it with an enormous sense of galactic superiority. Hackswing are said to chew on some of the Mokujing beast jerky before engaging the Thargoids in combat. They wouldn't be drawn as to whether any of the salvaged Thargoid hearts that accompany explosive green clouds after combat are included, but you can bet your bottom dollar that they're coming out with a new improved recipe sometime soon. Is it worth the cost? Well, judging by those vicious looking Shih Tzu we saw prowling outside the compound here, I wouldn't want to head out hunting without being paid an awful lot of money. Definitely not vegan friendly though. Next week, exactly what are the botanicals that they use in Bass Gin? And how does it compare to Hutton's very own Centauri Mega Gin? I'm Amelia Hawke, and due to excessive meat sweats after my first Beast Bar snack sample, I'm going to go for a cold drink and a bit of a lie down. This was a special report from the Galnet Food Digest.
Well, that was great, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) That was, you know, that was over a year ago now. Yes, and we've done so many of them. And that was the the second one ever. Yeah. And And how far we've come. And we oh, still yes. can't get it right. <laughs> yes, we're, we're, we're just as good at recording seamless. live. Yes, we are perfectly seamless. There are no, I don't seem to have got any better. No. <laughs> you don't seem any less. No. Mm. But it, it's it's fun to take the those old ones and actually sort of make them a bit um bit more bit more lively, I think, because obviously we started doing graphics with them a, a while ago, but it's nice to actually have I was going to say, I, timed. I was going to say, I love it. the extra spangly graphics. Well, it's it's really state of the art. You can tell. <laughs> it's not quite. Yes, it's it's better than it's better than my hand drawing. Not as good, say, as Beetlejuice hand drawing, but it's better than my hand drawing. So the best you're going to get. It's you know? in colour. What more do you want? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now in Technicolor. Yes, glorious <laughs> Technicolor. And moving stuff. Yeah. It took a, d- a day and a half to get that cereal box working. <laughs> now in eight colours. <laughs> 256 colours next week. Yes. That kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. That, mm. Yeah. Retro. Oh, that Good. was fun. That was fun, yes. But I think, yes, Vanti really is um, up to his eyeballs, up way past the waist area, all the way up to his eyeballs with stuff. Um, so he didn't have a chance to, to do it today. He was very um, disappointed about that. But um, with the announcement that uh, a certain games company made recently about the way that a, a certain release is going to happen in a week's time, there was a lot of running around and screaming going on. Sort of the, the yeah. multiverses. Yes, I think mm. just about anyone who produces anything that links in to Elite Dangerous is just going, you what? You're going to... Yep. You're doing what? But, 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 ah, and there's only a week to go, so... Um, yeah. You can't blame the poor lad, can you? Well, you can. I don't know. You can, you well, I've tried. Oh, right. All right, then. Yeah, your fault. Yeah, yeah. 24 hours in a day. Yeah. 24 beers in a case. Coincidence? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, well, that you, are you just going to string this out for another three minutes? <laughs> you need to end at ten o'clock. Don't well, you? I, 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 managed, I managed to buy a box with forty-eight yeah. bog rolls, and I don't know what that says for the day. But <laughs> what's a bog roll? Bog roll. Bog roll. Ah, oh, sorry, it was your accent. Oh, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> I understood it. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm you Scottish live, and I you, didn't understand it. You live more northern than we do. It's not, it's not such, a, such a difference for you. You're closer, you see. That's fine. I was, I was yeah, going yeah. to send you all a bog roll, but I won't bother now. I'm sure. You plus, get plus you your own. up a few phrases when they come over the wall, you know, sort of pillaging and stuff every yeah. uh, Saturday. I'd rather come Chick on. sent us a can of beer, but, you know. Come on a, on yeah. a goalpost hunt again. Oh, oh. <laughs> it, yes. No, that, that's enough. That, 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 listener, thank you for your patience. Um, your your never-ending uh, patience. patience yes. We know, you, we know I, you're drunk and probably slept through most of it, but thank you anyway. So, so were we and so did we. Yeah. <laughs> probably, 
most of the show, most of the shows drowned out by the sound of explosions in the starports they're <laughs> dragging people out of. Yeah, I'll need to get so, I'll need to get my act together. I wouldn't be top of the the passengers transportation I, for long. No, I've only just redone my paint job. You have an act. I, I, I've just mm. put down my orca and flown somewhere. I've flown to Hutton in my python, so. I'm, I'm not doing anything this week. I'm not going out and back again. Oh, no, no, no. Just yeah. repainted the python. I think I might try rescues in my beluga. See how that goes. Mm. <laughs> that would be well, funny. Mm. And next week I'm going to try and get to get into the bar early and, and then try all the different shots so that I can have the most dramatic shot uh, when we go live in the show next week. So everybody work out that the shot that you see of me at the beginning of the show is the best I could possibly manage. <laughs> no so tip. just have just have pity on me because the rest of them were all a lot more shit. <laughs> Big piece of the sleeper. <laughs> it's all in the yeah. edit. Yeah. Yes, quite. All right. Well, I think we've exhausted that and we've brought it all the way to the theater. So we haven't got the ignominy of under an hour and a half. I don't have to then explain it to Mr. Van Tien tomorrow while we, while we had a short show, sir. Um, because so, uh, we're I efficient, think, that's why. We had a short show because nobody waffled Easy much. <laughs> oh, now I've got to edit that bit out. Right. No, no, no leave it in. Leave it in. <laughs> we're, we've, and Litho Breaker is just saying, uh, we don't want to see your entrance in glorious HD. <laughs> yes, thank you. Eight very colours. Much, so. Eight colours. Mm-hmm. Eleven. Right. Eleven. <laughs> just finishing, okay. Um. <laughs> Then I think we will round up and say we'll see everybody next week, or rather you'll see us because we don't see you at all. You will see us next week, same time, same space channel and all that stuff. Uh, Same ending phrase, which is, Amelia? For the mug! For the mug! For the mug! 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 Same trucker time, same trucker place. Cargo too small The profit margins never really mattered at all We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere Loading up the teenagers to the brim with grace Follow the map, follow the map Yeah, you know just where we're coming from Follow the map, follow the map Now everybody sing the hot and trucker song Crash into the sun Swivel like the pilot on the Xbox One Alvin at the front, you know he leads us well Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody yells Follow the map, follow the map Yeah, you know just where we're coming from Follow the map, follow the map Now everybody sing the hut and trucker song
years to go. Cruising to Hudson, whoa, whoa, whoa. No journey too long and no cargo too small. The profit margins never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. So shout it out loud like you don't even care. Father Buck, Father Buck. Yeah, you know just where I'm coming from. Father Buck, Father Buck. Now everybody sing the hot and trucker song. We are very, very sorry for all of the mishaps, all of the misbroadcasts, all of the non-broadcasts and all of the nonsense which has happened this evening's Hutton News. Hi, Mr Dusty. Well, thank you very much. That was excellent. Give me your trash. In my breath, in my head, I'm free for the first time. Touchdown, my eyes are believing. See my friends on the ground, hear the steps, hear the sounds. Watching fly to the hills, we are free for the first time. Let's start the start of sea.
Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? Give us another bong, please. Bong. Bong. Later.